I want to look at some things in the Word of God. Uh, let's look at um, Isaiah chapter 53 is where we're going to start. Um, I'm kind of starting a new series today. The Lord's been dealing with me. Well, how can you kind of start? You're either going to do it or you're not. So I'm starting a new series today. Uh, it's not exactly where I thought I would start it, but I'm going to start a new series. The Lord's been dealing with me since last December. Um, and I knew this was coming. And I've mentioned it comes out, you know. But he said, um, well, in a time of prayer, because I'm very concerned about the church as a whole. Not our, just our church, but because of being a leader to pastors and um, not only in other nations now, but even in this nation, people look to me. I get concerned about the church and the state of it. Um, I, I, I see other things becoming more important than Jesus. That's why I'm trying to get you all laser focused. Um, there's nothing and no one more important than him. There is no other savior. I'm looking at people in the church wanting someone or something else to save them. They're more, they're more excited about, you, you, I have friends in the ministry, they're more excited about other things than Jesus and his word. Troubles me. Troubles me. And so the Lord has just been dealing with me about helping them, and I have, you know, in changing, we're at dinner sometimes with people, just changing conversations, just on purpose, changing conversations. I don't want to hear it. It's not important to me. Jesus is important to me. And everything that I need in this world comes from him. If my focus is not on him, my focus is on something else. You can't focus on two things at the same time. My life is hidden in him. He's my health. He's my wealth. And when we talk about wealth, listen to me. God wants you blessed, but money is not the only part of prosperity. You can have all the money in the world and go to hell. That is not prosperous. You can have all the money in the world, live in a big house like many people do around here and drive, drive the best cars and, and work for it and work for it. But you can be sick and, and not have an answer, and that's not prosperity. So when we talk about prosperity, we are not just talking about money. Because money, the, the world can get money. We have Jesus, and he'll change your life forever. Come on, church. I'm telling you we're coming into some things that I believe God wants to do. And I need you to help me to reach this community, to reach this world. And we got one name to do it in and one name only to do it in. And his name is what? Jesus. Jesus. I want to sing about him. I want to sing to him. I want to talk about him. I want to live for him. That's it. It's narrow. It's narrow. Well, we should be inclusive. Yes, let's include everybody in worshiping Jesus. That's how we'll be all inclusive. You can't help anyone unless you point them to Jesus. Jesus, you're going to hear that name on Sunday morning for the rest of this year. 
There is one name. There's only one name, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. So I was praying. And obviously you can tell I'm still praying. And I'm stirred up. And I'm still stirred up. About Jesus. He changed my life. I went from suicidal, dunghill material to wanting to live every day to its fullest and being raised up to sit with the princes, even the princes of his people. The Lord Jesus, he is some kind of good. Amen. All right, you're almost with me. I'm almost getting ready to start my sermon. Come on. I'm telling y'all, shake off the crud that is in this world. You think you're listening to stuff that you need to be informed, but the devil is layering some kind of crud all over you you don't understand. Be careful what preachers you're listening to right now. If you don't hear Jesus, Jesus, the word of God, salvation, baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, authority. If you don't hear that name and, and preaching uh, that, that, tell, that makes you hungry for Jesus, then it's not the preaching of the gospel. And I'm going to tell you one more time. If it doesn't work in India, if it doesn't work in Nigeria, if it doesn't work in Mexico, it is not the gospel that you're hearing and that's why you're not hearing that here because you ought to be able to preach the gospel anywhere to anybody at any time it doesn't matter what is going on in the world why do you keep talking about this because I'm trying to keep you all safe feel very protective of you I wish I could be with you and watch what's going into your ears and your eyes Coming out your mouth. It's easy to do something for an hour and a half on Sunday. But what else are you listening to? Jesus said, I got a good sermon here. Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear it. That is not just talking about the word of God. Don't let your heart get full of weeds. The cares of this world. Too many news reports. Of what is going on. I'm just staying informed. Oh, don't. Just stay informed of what he said. He's always been right. And he told you what was going to happen in the end. So we were praying, Pastor Rhonda and I. She's in next steps right now. But we were praying. We kept praying out this. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. I guess ran it over and over again. Tell them who I am. And so you know what that is? That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Remember Philip the evangelist. He preached things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. My goodness, uh, have you, have, the last three weeks that we've been talking about the name of Jesus, you can sense the atmosphere change when you just mention that name. When you sing that, come on, when you sing that name, when you sing that name, I, that, uh, that song we've been doing, uh, the, the uh, Charity Gale and, uh, they, that they do, I gave a credit to them to writing it, but they didn't write it. But, um, but, but when you, when you uh, shout the name of Jesus, there's just something about that name. That name changes the atmosphere. 
I was at a recent service, um, not here, but they were singing some songs and they were just kind of eh, and I was just kind of there. And then suddenly they changed that song and you could hear the, the whole atmosphere change. Why? It wasn't because the song's better, it was because it was about a name. They quit singing about me and they start singing about him. There's a place for both. Tell them who I am. You know what? And that's not just my mandate. That's your mandate. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. You can do it this way. I'm going to start telling people who Jesus is to me and what Jesus has done for me. I'm going to start telling people who Jesus is to me. And see, the more you do that, the stronger you get for you. And then you're also helping somebody else. All right, so we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about Jesus is the lamb and Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the lamb. Everybody say, Jesus is the lamb. Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53. You know, Isaiah, a lot of it is prophesying forward about Jesus and about the time that we have come into. Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, And we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of all. So first of all, you and I have always been sheep. The Lord likens humanity to sheep. Uh, what is it about a sheep? Well, sheep always need a shepherd. What about a sheep? A sheep, uh, they follow people. And so that's what you got to be careful of, who, who you following. Who is your shepherd? You know, I'm just an under-shepherd, but your shepherd is the chief shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so he said, we've all been sheep, and these sheep have gone astray. The sheep as a whole, humanity has gone astray. And, and then it says this, uh, they've turned there to their own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And then it begins to talk about Jesus. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. And who did he do that for? Isaiah 53, uh, 3 and 4 says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, as, as we hid, and we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities that chastised of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed he was oppressed and he was afflicted he took all of the sin upon him he took every sickness and disease upon him he became poor he took all that on him he took your mess your chaos and he gave you peace he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Oh, don't you know he could have called some angels. He could have said they're not worth it. Those men, humanity, they've always been a rebellious bunch. But he wanted us too bad. He wanted, he wanted some brothers and sisters an only child who wanted some brothers and sisters. He wanted us adopted into the family. He wanted some heirs and joint heirs. 
I remember one time my sister, see, I grew up kind of religious and I didn't know much about God. And my sister got baptized with the Holy Ghost, came, got me in church. And my mom and dad were working, my dad was working in Iowa for the, his company. And so I had moved back home and I was working as an accountant where I always wanted to work. And my sister was getting revelation of something. I tell this story all the time, but I'll never forget it. She was studying the Bible and she said, Mark, did you know that Jesus is our elder brother? And then the religious side of me came out very strong. I said, you can't say that. He is not, you cannot equate him that way. I was like, I was so offended. She goes, well, it says it right here. What, what it was I, I religiously, I, I didn't understand everything that Jesus did. He's not ashamed to call you brethren. If you just think about that for a minute, that'll change your life. Amen. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He, brought, he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. So everybody say, Jesus is the lamb. And so that's repeated again in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse number 32. Acts 8, 32, it says in the place, because remember, um, Philip, the evangelist, was talking to the Ethiopian eunuch, the treasurer from Ethiopia, and he said, um, uh, verse 32, and, it was, and that uh, uh, treasure was reading, the place of the scripture which he read was this, and he was led to his uh, sheep, uh, um, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so he opened not his mouth. And so he's like, who is that? So he's talking about Jesus being the lamb. And after he preached about Jesus being the lamb, this treasurer from Ethiopia, this very rich man who was of important uh, position, who actually was the beginning of changing a continent, said this one man, this one man was the beginning of changing a continent. This man who was a treasurer for a queen, what happened? He preached Christ to him from the place of Jesus is the lamb. It's very important that you and I understand that Jesus came as a lamb. When you think about a lamb, you think about humility. When you think about a lamb, you think, uh, you know, just um, something really precious. And so Jesus is really precious. He's precious to the Father, and he needs to be precious to you and I. But he is the lamb of God. And so let's look on. You can look at some types and shadows. So there it's prophesied. But then... uh, Pastor Robert's been looking at this a lot, but I want to go back and look at it again. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22. Everybody shout, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. You're grateful for him. I know you are. Genesis chapter 22. Um, so verse 7, and Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father said, my father. And he said, here am I, son. And he said, uh, here's some fire in the wood, but where's the lamb? So remember, they're going up to make an offering to the Lord. Remember, um, Abraham, Abraham says to his servants, you wait here. The child and I are going to go worship. And he says, we'll be back. And so, but we're going up. And so Isaac, who's not a little boy at this time, I think preteen, teenager, not sure which, but he's carrying the wood and he's got the, the you know, here's the fire, here's the wood. And then uh, Abraham says, don't worry about it, son. Verse number eight, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And so there's a lot of meaning in that. My, my son, God will provide himself. So, so this is a foretaste. This is a shadow of what God wants to do. 
And God needed Abraham to do this. It seems as though God can do nothing in the world until a man on the earth with rights and privileges of being here asks something. And then there's some things that he needs to have done that he needs legally to be able to do it. And I believe this was part of that. And so this is very prophetic of what Jesus is going to come and do. And what did Abraham say? He said, God himself, who is Jesus? He is God himself. God himself will provide a lamb. Who is Jesus? He's the lamb of God. So they went both of them together. And then you know what happened, verse 13. It says, and Abraham, and sometimes we just kind of go over this stuff. It says, and Abraham did what? He lifted up his eyes. What is God trying to do to the body of Christ right now? What is he saying? In Colossians 3, 1, set your affections on things above. What does he need from you right now? He needs you to lift your eyes up. He needs you to lift your eyes up. Come on, everybody, eyes up. How are you going to run your race with your eyes up? You can't do it that way in the natural. You can't run a race in the natural looking at the sky. But the only way you're going to run in the spirit is to keep your eyes up. You're going to stumble, you're going to fall if you're going to look around to your left and your right. You're going to look around at what mere men are doing, what mere men are saying. But when you got your eyes on Jesus, setting your affections on things above, not on things below. Amen. So this is very key right here. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. What is the Lord calling us to do? He needs you to see Jesus as a lamb. He needs you to see Jesus for everything he is to you. Unless you know who he is, you don't know what he's done. In this area, Jesus is the lamb. Then Jesus as the lamb did something very important for you. And until you know that Jesus is the lamb and what he's done, you can't receive him as that. Remember what he said. Remember what he said. He said, uh, who do men say that I am? And Peter answered, of course it was Peter, because we know, thank God for Peter, that he always talked up. He said, well, some say you are Elijah. Some say you're this prophet. Uh, you know, and then, but what did Jesus say? But who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what everybody else says. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. It doesn't matter what your mama says. It doesn't matter what, you know, uh, the last politician said about Jesus. But who do you say that he is? Because until you say that he is that, he cannot be that to you. Until you know who he is. So every aspect of Jesus, who he is and what he's done, is very important for you for these last days because he wants his eye, he wants you to keep your eyes on him. And he wants you to know him in these various things. So he said to Abraham, Abraham, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering. And we use this a lot of times because then he named it what? Jehovah Jireh. What is that? God will provide. But what did he provide? He didn't provide money. He provided a sacrifice. He didn't just provide money there and provision there. He provided Jesus, your um, Savior. There, that's where he provided Jesus, your Savior. Abraham made a way. And because it goes on to say, because you've not withheld your only begotten son. You've not withheld your son. He didn't say only begotten. I added only begotten. He said because he did have another son. But this was the son of promise. Because you could say it this way. Because you've not withheld the son of promise. You notice he didn't ask him to sacrifice the other son. Because you've not withheld the son of promise. Guess what? Everything's opened up to you. 
And because God did not withhold the son of promise, because God so loved you, because God so loved me, he sent a lamb. That lamb, Jesus' body was formed so it could be a sacrifice. And so all these things are very important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So even when Jesus was on the earth, he was called a lamb. Remember what John the Baptist said, John chapter 1. Just to remind you of these. John chapter 1, uh, verse 29 and verse 36. The next day sees Jesus coming in him and said, behold, the lamb of God. Everybody said, behold, the lamb of God. What does this lamb do? He takes away the sin of the world. So we need to know Jesus as the lamb that he dealt with the sin problem. Jesus, the lamb of God, dealt with your sin problem. And the only way to deal with the sin problem is to receive Jesus, the lamb of God, as your savior and make him the Lord of your life. You cannot deal with, humanity cannot deal with the sin problem with trying to do better morally. The, the, the humanity can't deal better, do better with the sin problem trying to do it religiously. The, you can't deal with the sin problem with the law. You deal with the sin problem with a Savior. You deal with the sin problem with one Savior, with one name. His name is Jesus, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin nature. See, it's not just sin. He took away the sin nature. And the only way to get a new nature is to be what? Born again. Ephesians talks about the old man, the old nature. And so we say it like this a lot. Birds do what? A number of things, but what's their known? Birds fly. Let's do it this way. Fish do what? They swim. Dogs do what? They chase cars. No, they bark. What do cats do? They meow. If you started doing any of those things, we might find you strange. Right? That, sh that should not be your nature. Sinners by nature sin. So if you want to change a city, you want to change a nation, you want to change the world, you got to first change natures. And the only way to change a nature is to get them born again. Amen? Amen. Who's going to do that? Jesus the Lamb. And only Jesus the Lamb. He's the only one that's qualified. He's the only one that's done it. And verse 36 says, And looking upon Jesus, he walked by, behold the Lamb of God. And then what else do we know in there? Remember he said um, um, that... He, that uh, John said, I baptize you with water repentance, but there's someone coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So this lamb and fire, remember that. Lamb and fire, just remember that. Hold that, hold that one. So then you look on in the book of Revelation. Now you know I don't preach much out of Revelation. I let all the experts do all that. Hallelujah. I read it and get blessed. Hallelujah. I just know that I win in the end. I don't have to figure it all out. I'm trying to all get you to walk right, live right, and do right. I don't have time for when I'm not here. 
If you like all that, there's plenty of spurts out there. Get all their books. But again, I don't know why you would look so far into the future. I think you need to know about it. I don't think you should bury your head about it. I think you should, uh, you know, are you uh, pre, uh, po- uh, mid, or post? I don't know. I, I'm always believing pre because I just want to, I want to avoid everything I can. I don't know. Am I, am I scriptural? But I don't know. And neither do you. Yes, I do. Well, good for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Revelations 5.12. Feeling very sassy today. <laughs> Revelations 5. I beheld and heard a voice of many angels talking about the Lamb around the throne and the beasts and the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice. What kind of voice? So it would be all right for you to have a loud voice in church. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. So even after all this time, Jesus is recognized after it's all said and done, still as the lamb. It must be kind of important. The lamb. This aspect of who he is must be very important. If they're honoring him, there's angels and the saints, and there's ten thousands times ten thousands, and thousands on thousands worshiping him as the lamb. Who, is, who was slain. And what is this lamb worthy of? He's worthy of power. He's worthy of riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. And then let's look at these. Let's look at Revelation 12, 11. And then it says this, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So even in Revelation, they looked back and they saw the way the people overcame was when they made much of the blood, not just the blood, but the blood of the lamb. Jesus as the lamb. Jesus as the sacrifice. Jesus as the Savior. Jesus, the lamb of God, they made much of the blood of the Lamb of God, and they overcame. In Revelation, they made much of the blood of the Lamb, and that caused them to overcome. So they gave the Lamb glory and honor. They made much about the blood of the Lamb, and they overcame. And then we looked at, let's look at Revelation 17, 14. And uh, I just I love this. And there's a whole lot more of these. I just picked out four, uh, just because there's there's way more of them. They, they, these shall make war with the lamb. And so it's interesting. You see the lamb and somebody making war with the lamb. And you would think that the lamb, being the sweet lamb that he is, uh, you know that he wouldn't make war. But they will make war with the lamb, and the lamb has overcome them. Why? Because that lamb became the Lord of Lords. That lamb became the King of Kings. And those that are with him are called chosen and faithful. Amen? So the lamb is not weak. The lamb is not weak. The lamb always wins. The lamb always wins his battle. Why Jesus as a lamb? Because we were sheep and he had to become like us. Because we were sheep and he had to become like us. Yet he didn't come from us. He came from heaven. Yet he came to be like us. He took on the form of a man so that he could win over the devil so that we could be free. And we ought to give glory and honor and power and might and dominion unto the lamb who is the only one worthy. 
Come on, you know another place. There's no one worthy to open the seals but the Lamb. Hallelujah. See, I do know a little bit about Revelation. Revelation 22.1. I love this one. And he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. So you've got a Lamb who is a fountain of living water. And that river that talks about in heaven, remember the trees that grow beside of it, their leaves are for the healing of the nation. So the lamb is not just something that Jesus was, it's something that Jesus is. And it's not just he's to be worshipped in heaven as the lamb, but because of the blood of the lamb we overcome. Because he is the lamb, there's a fountain, there's a river of living water that comes out of him. And whatever it touches, it lives. Out of the lamb. Come on, you can get some pictures of who Jesus is. How do, it, it's not a little lamb with a little, little, little you know, uh, like you're at a, uh, uh, where you get drinks at water fountain where there's a little, you know. No, out of his mouth is living water. And whatever that touches, it comes alive. Everybody say, Jesus is the Lamb. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19. We're talking about redemption right now. But you've been redeemed with what? The precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish. Your redemption is based on Jesus being a lamb. Your entire redemption is based on the fact that he was a lamb. And that lamb spilled his blood so that you could be redeemed. What is redeemed? I've been bought from something to something. I've not just been brought out of something. I've been brought out of something to something. I've been brought out of darkness into light. I've been brought out of sickness and disease into health. I've been brought out of confusion into peace. I've been brought out. I have been redeemed. How, what redeemed me? Only the precious blood of a lamb. Only the precious blood of Jesus. Everybody say, I have been redeemed. Woo, glory to God. Let's look at Exodus chapter 12. Again, this is a type and a shadow. And we know this is the Passover meal. But it was important that they did it this way. And God did it this way to show forward. And remember, we're going to take communion together. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month that they shall take the, every man a lamb... According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And I had something on my heart, and I'm going to finish up with this. Um, uh, I'm going to mention Jesus as the bread of life because I wanted to put the blood of the lamb uh, and the, the Jesus is the bread of life. But I want to get to something in a minute. But I want you to do this because when we take communion today, every parent in the room, whether you have children that are in your house that are younger, teenagers, uh, children in the nursery, one in the womb, whatever that is, or you're a parent and your children are older, I don't care if they're 21 older or they're 50, uh, God is something about families, and it's in my heart really strong, that today I want you to release your faith for your family. Not just because somebody is backslidden and out of the will of God or never born again, but just something about family that every part of your family will, f uh, will finish full and complete in the will of God. 
that they'll not be pulled away during this season when the devil is working so hard through media, social media, and everything to get even those that you have raised up to pull away. You have a promise. You have a promise. Deuteronomy 28 says you will not ever have to watch your children be carried away into captivity. Who's trying to captivate them today? The devil. I could just, you know, mention some things because what people have told me, I'm not on social media personally, and I'm grateful I made that decision some odd years ago. Anything we do on social media, we have a team for that. Pastor Ron and I don't personally, so we don't know what's going on in your Facebook account. I don't know what you're tweeting. Is that what they do, tweet? I don't know what you're tick-tocking. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking, ticking about. I don't know. I have no clue. We're using it. I'm not against it. Um, you know, it's like anything. It can be used for good and it can be used for evil. It's neutral. Those things are neutral. We said, no, they're not. They're neutral. Well, you know, see, if you went right to politics there, I, I sense it. They're not neutral. You're listening too much to stuff. If that's immediately where you went to. You're listening too much to stuff. Can I, Pastor, how do you, why do you say that? Because I can hear it. I can feel it. I can sense it. I, I'm trying to protect you. <clears throat> well, you don't want us to be ignorant. No, I don't want you to be ignorant of the word of God. I don't. Well, we need to know what's going on. I agree. You need to know what's going on. You need to know what time you're living in. You need to know it. Why are we back here? I don't know. Hallelujah. So there's something about families today. So as you partake of communion, I want you to release your faith it, mm, ooh, for your legacy. Remember what Paul said to Timothy. I saw your unfeigned faith. That means not fake. I saw your real faith in you that you got from your Mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois, or one of which other way that is. Mama Eunice and Lois, I think is their names. I don't know who's the mama and who's the grandma. I think Eunice is the mama. I don't know. I don't remember. Let's not get caught up in it. You have a legacy to pass down. Was Jesus coming back next week? Is he coming in 2022? I heard he was. I heard he was coming in 1988. I was in Bible school and I thought, what a waste. I want to be here and Jesus is going to come. And then he didn't. And then I heard he was coming in 89 because the guy missed one thing. Sold a lot of books, then sold a lot more books. And we're all still here. When's he coming? I can guarantee he is. It's guaranteed. But let's make sure we can take as many people with us as we can. And so do it live every day like it could come today, but prepare like life is going to keep going on. We are all over the place today. What are we talking? We're talking about Jesus is the lamb. Take every man a lamb for his house. Verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take out of the sheep and from the goats, separated. Let's do this really quick. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Everybody say, Jesus is the lamb. Everybody say, Jesus is the bread of life. John chapter 1, 
As we take both elements today, I want you to see this. John chapter 1, Jesus is the bread of life. I'm so grateful. And all of it has such strong meaning. Gospel of John, verse 32. And Jesus bare record and said to the Spirit, uh, I saw the Spirit. Um, I wrote down the wrong thing. Jesus, Jesus. Where is it? Jesus is the bread of life. <laughs> John's gospel. Y'all sing along with Dapo. <laughs> John 6. Oh, I didn't finish my, I had a one. I didn't finish the little hoop. John 6. Let's, let, let me change this real quick so I don't happen to get in second service. John 6, 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave not the bread from heaven, but my father give you the true bread from heaven. Remember, he's talk, so he's talking about manna, manna that came from heaven, which is, was a thing, but the true bread from heaven, which is Jesus. For the bread of God, he, which he uh, com cometh down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. So he's talking about a spiritual place. And listen to me, that bread, that bread, Jesus is the bread of life, that causes you not to hunger. Not, I, I'm not looking for anything else. I'm satisfied. In this world, if you're always looking for something else, you're look, looking for the next thing, you're looking for the next cause, you're looking for the next this, you're looking for the next that, then you're not full of the bread of life. Because the bread of life causes you not to be hungry. Now listen to me, I hear somebody, I'm not saying we shouldn't care what goes on around us. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about our nation. But if you do it the way everybody else is doing it, you're going to get the same results as everybody else is going to get. When you start from the kingdom and work your way out, that's when things change. That's permanent change. That's life-giving change. Amen? Jesus said, well, pastor, there's so much sin going on in our nation. What's I know. You know why? Because only 32% are actually born again or even less. If one-third of a Christian nation is really born again, then we're two-thirds in the hole. And you can't make them have a new nature. they got to get born again. What's going on in the world today is not a political party's problem. It is the church's problem. Let's preach Jesus. I am the bread of life. And if you come to me, you're never going to be hungry again.
You're never going to thirst again. It just, it really messed with those that he, that were hearing this. Verse um, 38, I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to him that sent me. And then verse 47, verily or truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Everybody say, Jesus is the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they're dead. Even though that came from heaven, that bread, they ate of it, but they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man eat thereof and shall not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give you for the word of life. Jesus, the Lamb of God, bled his blood, the cup. Jesus, the bread of life, his flesh, the bread. And there's something very important with that. I want to end with this. Um, I'm going to skip over some things. I swear, I tried to get this condensed. Uh, I thought I had a 20-minute sermon and we could take our time during uh, communion together. But I want to get you this because the Lord, as I was going to bed last night, he really just put this really strong in my heart. You all know the account, Matthew chapter 15. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? Remember her daughter? Uh, her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. Now listen, I tell this all the time, I'm not trying to be funny, but you don't get um, a devil walking through Walmart. Any time a person is possessed with the devil is because they've opened themselves up. So here we have this woman, her daughter has opened herself up to a demon and now is possessed. And so this woman hears of Jesus. She, she had to hear that he was the deliverer. And then remember, she came to him and she came to him the way she must have heard others come to him. Matthew chapter 15, uh, verse 21, there went um, and they came to the to Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, uh, the Mark's gospel calls her the Syrophoenician woman, came out from the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She cries after us. And he said to her, he ignored his disciples, and he said to her, I am not sent to the, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What was he doing? Just to got a, I just got a few minutes. Listen, listen quick. What was he doing? He's repositioning her. What is the Holy Ghost doing in this hour that I sense? He's repositioning the body of Christ because he wants to get you something. God's not a withholder. He's a getter to her. And sometimes, though, in order to receive, you got to be repositioned. He's not a withholder. His hand is open to satisfy every living thing. But sometimes we got to be repositioned in our faith. You know, I tell the story all the time. I was believing God for this building, and I was really, uh, you know, straining a gut to believe God. And the Lord asked me, he said, does your, uh, does your faith move me? And I said, yes, Lord, my faith moves me. And then he corrected me. He said, I don't need your faith to move me. I need your faith to receive from me. It was just a slight change. What was that? He repositioned me, and it all worked out good. What's he trying to do to you? He's trying to reposition. Who are you letting position you? What position do they have you in? Jesus is trying to reposition you. So what was he doing with this woman? He didn't say to her no. He just was saying, you can't come that way. Let me show you how you can come, but you can't come that way. And he answered, I'm not sent for the lost uh, uh, sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she tried it again. She said, well, Lord, just help me. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. 
It's a good prayer. But he answered and said, it's not right for me to take children's bread. What are we talking about? Jesus is the bread of life. What is the bread of life for? It's for healing your physical body. It's not right for me to take what belongs to children and cast it to the dogs. And I say this all the time, but today that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. A preacher calling a woman a dog? What does he mean? You're a half-breed. What does he mean? mean, How awful is that? But you know what? This woman didn't care what Jesus said. She came for her family. She came for her daughter, and she's like, fine, reposition me. I know what you can do. Reposition me. She was at the spiritual chiropractor. Lord, help me. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. It's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And she said, okie dokie. She said, truth, Lord. But the dogs eat the breadcrumbs that fall from their master's table. You can give them a whole slice. I don't need a slice. I need a crumb. I need a word. Go ahead and reposition. Thank, thank you for repositioning me. I'll tell you what I am going to need. I'm just going to need a crumb. And Jesus said, "Woo!" He is happy. She took the repositioning, and she said, he said, I haven't seen such great faith. Hallelujah. Woman, your faith, be it done unto you according to whatever you want. And her daughter was made whole. Listen to me. As God is repositioning you, this is very important. It's very important to the Lord. You've got children, whether they be young, in the womb, in the church, great. Or, and what was really strong is if you've got young adults, it's not necessarily they're, not, they're, 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 they're serving God or whatever, but they're not where they need to be, and you know it. Or you've got children that are away from God. As we partake together, I want you to believe for family. She says, well, I'm not married. Well, then you've got some kind of family. You've got a church family. Amen. You're not alone. Singleness is not me alone. You're a part of this family. I want you to believe God for family, uh, whether it's for your cousins, whether it's for your mom and dad. Some of you, maybe you're a young adult and your mom and dad aren't where they're supposed to be. There's a lot more of that than you might think. We're going to believe God today for families. Everybody stand up. If you didn't get uh, communion, uh, if you lift up your hand, the ushers will make sure you have one. And when you open it, go ahead and open it. Open the bread first. Open the bread first. Get the bread piece out, take the cup off, take the lid off. We're going to do this together. Hallelujah. Lift your hand up high, wave it around if you need, if you need something. If you need one, well, I'm sorry. I, I confused you. I didn't finish. If you, everybody, anybody, wave your hand around if you still need communion. All right, everybody else, let's go. Let's lift up our bread to the Lord. Jesus, you are the bread of life. And we're so grateful that you came as the bread of life. And you said, if we would partake of you, and we know these are nothing but symbols, but we know that when we partake of you, we're going to have life. And just like that woman When we partake today, we partake not only for ourselves, for healing for our body. But, Father, I release my faith with these people for their children, for their young children, for their adult children, for their moms and dads, for their cousins, for their nephews, for their nieces, for their friends, for families. Even in the Old Covenant, you said if a family wasn't big enough to find another family and be joined together and take the lamb. 
per household. So as we do that today, Lord, this is very important to you. It seemed to me last night. So as we do this, we release our faith for the families of this church, for these families. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Father, we thank you for this cup that represents the blood of Jesus. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for saving us. And thank you for protecting us. We thank you for Jesus, the Lamb of God. Go ahead.